I'm going to make some assumptions this morning, uh, and I don't think they're going to be difficult to make, but, you know, probably, maybe not, but probably the election didn't go your way, probably, I don't know, I'm not going to get into that, and maybe it was stolen, maybe it wasn't, I don't know about that, but I'm sure about this, 2020 has certainly got, not gone your way, I mean, this is a crazy year, it just really is, it's a very disturbing year, uh, not so much with the virus, I think we've always had them and they've always been deadly to some and all that stuff, but just the overreach of our government, which I have never seen in my 71 years of life and thought I never would, and I'm actually seeing it and reading it, I just am stunned. I don't know why I should be, but I am. So the overreach by our government, intruding into our private lives and our freedom and trying to influence and rob us of worship. Man, it's, it's been a very unusual leave, uh, year. And as a believer in Christ, you might be asking your good grief. You know, and then the part about you just get worn out. You know, um, somebody asked me if I listened to the president last night. And I kind of wanted to, but I didn't. And I didn't simply because I'm worn out. I'm worn out about it all. Um, just am exhausted. I just am kind of drained about it all. And if someone says this is the new normal, you want to pop them one more. Just don't say that. I mean, I just can't stand that saying, and I don't know why, and probably true, but it just irks me. So during all this, I'm like, Lord, what's going on? What about you and us? And here's in my little pea brain trying to understand the Lord. So where's God at all this? All that's going on. And if you let fear shake you, you're going to take your eyes off God, you're going to sink and you're going to miss it. This could be something we've been praying for forever. Just didn't come in the way we thought. Okay? They were praying for deliverance from the Romans forever and it came in a newborn baby. Who in the world knew that? Who was saying, I told you that's the way it's going to come? No one. No one. And so we need refocused with the Word of God. And so what's God doing? All right, well, let's see. Joshua 3.1 says this. Now that we're making our way to the promised land, we're in Joshua is now the leader. It says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. Okay, into the promised land, and the power and the glory of God, the milk and the honey, the great fruits of the Spirit of God and power of God. That's how I like to look at it. So God told the people of Israel to wait three days at the shores of Jordan. Okay, three days. Joshua 1.11 tells us this. Because he says, pass through the host and command the people, saying, prepare you victuals or food, for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess. Now, I wish he would have said that uh, you can take or give. I'll give you the land. I don't like that word possess, because that means I've got to do something. I'd rather have things just given to me, wouldn't you? That word possess means to seize, to go in and seize the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. To seize it. 
Now, remember how I'm saying. Maybe the election didn't go your way. Maybe it did. Maybe you're exhausted. You say that one more time. And then God comes along through his man Joshua and says, get ready. We're going across the Jordan. And you're going to seize it. And you're like, man, I'm up to here with doing stuff. I'm just exhausted. Leave me alone. And you ever been that way? You just have a day. Like the other day I told Ruth, I felt like I lived in the car today. Everywhere I went. I'm in the car, I get home, something comes up, we forgot the boy's present, or we didn't do that, everything we got to do, and back in the car, off again, and finally, like, kind of like trying to get settled, you know, you might have your cold Pepsi and your bag of chips just ready to open, and Ruth's going, you forgot, and you're all settled down, you're like, I just... that's kind of just think of how these people were. Now, in Joshua 2, a few spies went over, okay? They went over the Jordan, and they, they did their thing, and they, they did all right. But now they're sitting there with probably millions of people with kids and possessions and everything, and are thinking, good grief, how are we going to do this? And I look at our situation of our nation. I looked at all the corruption, worse than I ever imagined. I mean, it's just like everybody's no good, and everything's falling apart, and everything's horrible, and we're about to cross this Jordan. And I look at us as a church, and I think, man, we are a mess. How are we going to do this, Lord? I mean, that's... You know, you get to my age, you're supposed to be thinking about golfing and retiring, and the biggest thing you do is count your golf balls and see if your golf clubs are clean. <laughs> and God's got me sitting in front of this Jordan with all these people saying, you're going across. Not only are you going across, you're going in three days. I'm going, wait, 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 wait a minute. So this is kind of what's going on right here, and I think the church in a whole is a mess. Joshua 3, 2. So here it comes. And it came to pass after three days, the officers went through the host saying, get ready, get ready, get ready. Here we go. I told you in three days. Now there's a little more story to this, a little more background I'll give you because the, the Jordan at times is, seems to be kind of a little bit of a trickle of a stream and then it's an overflowing, flooding river, raging, swollen, rushing down. Now, if I was in charge, I'd be saying, come on, don't be scared. There, we're over. Yeah. Right? But God didn't wait for that. He sat them down three days and watched this river rushing past them over top of the banks and flooding all around them and saying, you're going over that. All of you. And I'm going, but, 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 but we're a mess. God says, you got three days. So that's what he did. That's what you're seeing now. We've got these school closings. We've got these mandates, mask, no mask. We've got COVID, shutdowns, people out of work, uprisings, no risings, all kind of things going on. And you're standing here for three days and you're watching it rush by. And the church of God is sitting there watching all this. And God looks at us and says, you're going across. Okay? So, now me, a lot of this stuff I tell you, I try to be very transparent when I preach. So I'm thinking at this moment, like this, uh, you know, the, all the wonderful talk about the promised land. And, you know, let's all sing Amazing Grace together. It sounds a little hollow right now. It's just, 
I don't know. Look at that river. In fact, you know, back up a little bit more. It's still, it, it's still overflowing. So that's kind of what happened. There's this seemingly impossible obstacle blocking the way. This raging river pouring over the banks. And God is saying, get ready, New Hope. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Okay, verse 3. So he commands the people saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Doesn't say take a meeting. Doesn't say take a vote. Get a committee together. Ask your wife. It says go for it. Go after it. Go after when God starts to lead and starts to move. And that's exactly what's happening here. You might be scratching your head. You might not understand. Well, truly, what do you understand, really? In honesty, what really do we understand? I shaved the same old stupid face, yet it changed. Something changed inside of me. I don't know how that happened. There's no scars, no marks, no nothing, yet I'm not, I, I'm, I look the same, but I'm not the same. I can't figure that out. So stop trying to figure it out. So Joshua didn't send the Army Corps of Engineers because we're going across this river. He didn't. Instead, what did he do? He sent the priests. He said, hey, priests, you guys want to be preachers and leaders? Hey, leaders, come here. Here's the Jordan. There's the ark with the rods going through. And under they went. One, two, three. And they got the Ark of the Covenant. And all you are behind. And the leaders, he said, march. You go first. Now you think of the river. Think of your senses and what's screaming inside of you. I mean, you'll laugh. I know you'll laugh. But when I think of a dentist... And I got to go to the dentist, and the days are getting close. Man, I read more, I pray more over, the, over a dentist. Not a raging Jordan River with thousands of maybe millions of lives of responsibility. And God says, get over there. And you're the leader or wherever you're at. And you got this heart. I don't know if them dudes talked. There's four of them. I hope they didn't because I don't know what they do. Well, so what I want you to understand here is he didn't. He sent priests to carry the Ark of the Covenant, which to us is the presence and the word of Almighty God. So that was a visible representation of God's presence with, presence with the people. And God says, when you see that, you go after it. Now listen, Joshua knew this was a spiritual problem in front of them. That's what it is in this nation. It's a spiritual problem, not a feat for human engineering. Now if we put this bridge there and that one there and pay this concrete here, we can go across. It's a, we've thrown all kind of money at all kind of problems and it just keeps rolling down the river. It's a spiritual problem. What's going on in front of us right now? 
It is. It's a spiritual problem. So what's going on in our nation and American churches right now is certainly a spiritual problem. It's years of ignoring God's word. Years of ignoring his warnings. Years of it. Verse 4 says, Yet there shall be a space between you and the ark, that's what God's telling them, about 2,000 cubits by measure, Says, come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go. Listen, for you have not passed this way hitherto for. I ain't never seen a year like this. Have you ever seen it? Oh, my days, I've never seen. It's funny how modern the Bible can be. So he says, for you have not passed this way hitherto for. Like I said, we haven't seen anything like 2020. We just haven't. So God required that they keep some 1,000 yards between the ark and the people. That's for two reasons. First of all, God is a holy God. The American church has made God his pal. Hey, pal. Hey, buddy. High five. God says, uh, you better back up. Everywhere he is is holy ground. So that's, that was one reason. He said, you've got to respect the holiness of my God. If God walked in and hauled his holiness, there'd be just piles of ashes. Yep. I mean, it just, it just is. That's just what would happen. So that was part of it. But also, it was to make sure that everyone could see what was going on. I mean, you, had to see, you have to see what God's doing to follow him. And that's what I'm trying to get you today to see. Get your eyes off of the world and all the stuff that they're screaming at us because it's causing us to sink. We've got to turn our eyes upon God. Say, God, where, where are you in this? What are you doing? So, let's move on. Verse 5. It says, and Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Anytime you see that word sanctify, it means separate yourself. Get yourself out of the world. Get it away from the world. Get it off of you. Sanctify yourself so you can see, think, and hear clearer more the presence of God and the voice of God. Sanctify yourself. This is what it says. For tomorrow, for the Lord will do wonders among you. Ah, we've lost that. Psalm 77, 14 says, Thou art God that does wonders. God's a miracle-working God. He's not like you and I. He's unbelievable. Amen. There's a thing he can't do. And yet I think we bring him, we pull him down to our age or our time or dispensation. Look at that river. He's almighty. He does wonders. I don't even know if we expect him anymore. We serve a miracle-working God, an unbelievable, powerful God who spoke you into existence. How and who, what, what were you before you were placed in your, I have no idea, but God knew you. Almighty knew you. Verse 6 says, And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass. Over before the people, and they that took up the ark from the covenant went before the people. Verse 7 says, now listen, this is what's going on and it's dark. 
Even uh, what Biden said, winter's going to be a dark, dark winter. Well, the Lord says this, this is what's going to happen. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all the people. You don't know, maybe because, I don't know, maybe you do, but as a pastor, especially when we were at the fair, remember we did the fair for like 25 years, and thousands of people would go past me and around me and everything, and I'd always say to God, how in the name of the Lord can we reach these masses of people when they don't want reached? I mean, you're bumping into you, they're not being rude, it's just so crowded, and I would just, and sometimes, not often, I think one time I went to a Buckeye game sitting like on some number stamped on a thing. People everywhere. And I'm going, God, look at this. How can we possibly reach these people? I think God's setting it up. He is. He's setting it up if you have ears to hear. Because this nonsense was going on in their time. This river was overflowing and raging. And God says, you're going over. Not because you're bad, but because I'm bad. And they're going to see I'm bad. And they're going to ask you, who is that bad God you serve? That's what's going to happen in this day and age. It's getting bad out there. And we got churches dotted all over the land. And God's going to come around whom he can trust and say, uh, you guys, get your act together. You're going over. Well, yeah. And it's not because you're, yeah. <laughs> it's not because you're bad. It's because he's bad. It is. I'm telling you it is. This is what's going to happen. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day. 2020, this day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. So God will do it by using Joshua and his little group of people to miraculously lead them across this impossible body of water. And people are going to be going, Now, just to prove the point, Joshua 3.15, you don't have to turn there. It says, for Jordan overflowed all his banks all the time of harvest. So it is flood. It's flooding. Absolutely flooding. Jeremiah tells us in Jeremiah 12, and this is what's happening now. And now listen, it's talking about you and I. If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, how are you going to contend with the horses? Okay? The footmen. Maybe it's 2020. Maybe 2020 is the footmen. And you're... And God is saying, oh, what? If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, how are you going to contend with the horses? And if in the land of peace, and it has been all my years, and in the land of peace, wherein thou trustest, they weary thee, then how wilt thou do it in the swelling of the Jordan? (laughs) 
Jeremiah 49 tells us, verse 19, Behold, he shall come up like a lion from the swelling of the Jordan. Now we know that the enemy loves to portray a false lion. It says, Behold, he shall come up like a lion from the swelling of the Jordan against the habitation of the strong. I mean, we've had our attacks in 2020. You understand, we've had plenty enough to be total failures. Yet we're going across. And when we go across, all we're going to do is turn your eyes upon Jesus. He's going to do it. He's going to magnify himself through us. He is. And to magnify himself, it's got to be dark. Because they'll pay no attention. Remember I told you it used to be a restaurant right down here a little bit on the right. Was that what it was? Mickey's? Somewhere around there, Dollar General. I would stop in there. I mean, that's a stone throw. Yeah, I have a New Hope shirt on. I just wasn't bragging nothing. I was just busy. Went in, grabbed a sandwich, sitting on, having my sandwich, having a Coke. And the lady from the New Hope Church. Yeah. She goes, where's that at? Jeez, lady, you blind? People go past us like we're non like we're invisible. God says, I'm going to fix that. I can't fix it. Some great evangelist can't fix it. Some new worship team can't fix it. God says, this is what I'm going to do. That word magnify means to grow. I'm going to magnify you. You're going to grow. Now, I'm not even talking about in people, but in stature and power and glory and majesty and might. For God's glory. Listen, it means to grow. means become great or important. Is the church important up until 2020? I mean, my first being stunned is when they listed us as non-essential. I went, what? This is America. Okay, how far we have fallen. So magnify means to become great or important, to promote, to make powerful. Okay, God, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that through your wimpiness and your fearfulness and your scarediness. I'm going to do it. And I tell God, I'm a perfect candidate. Because that's what happens to me at times. Most of the time, if not all the time. I'm never a Rambo for God. I'm always a, a Ralphie. Remember Ralphie, you're going to shoot your eye out for God? I'm more like that. And so God says, I won't take care of that. His true church, God's going to call it. That word, that means Almighty God is going to magnify His church. Now there might be, listen, there might be numbers and scores and probably will be that won't go across. We're going... You ready? Yeah. Now don't be offended, okay? Bruce, coming? Um... Bruce, come on, we've done this a long time. There are going to be maybe more that don't than do. Certainly in churches, there will be. There will be. How can Zanesville? Zanesville's gotten absolutely worse since I came here. When we moved here in 84, it was, you'll laugh, but it was almost the Garden of Eden. I come from Pittsburgh. I come from Pittsburgh where I'd go out on lunch at 12 in Pittsburgh, millions of people, you didn't like them, they didn't like you. 
and they didn't care about you. Came here, you beep and high and wave and hug. And say, What's with this place? Here I am. Here I am 30 years later. Zanesville's bad. It's bad. And last I knew, we have 101 churches. No, we have 101 buildings. We do. So look, you remember when Moses said, God, if you leave, you've got to take us with you. You've got to go with us. Remember God was telling Moses, you're going to marry, you're going to marry. Moses is like, only if you come with us. Do you remember that? Exodus 33:16. he says, How will anyone know you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? And God is saying, that's a, what about them to tell them? I'm going to show them. You're going to do something absolutely impossible. You're going to call it COVID 2020. I don't care what you call it. I don't care what you call it. And you're going to get magnified. Your voice is going to become influential again. And they're going to know I was with you. That's going to be the difference. What about all of them? Churches back there that didn't, didn't move, didn't go. And they're not going to draw or attract anybody. They're not. When people are scared and frightened, they're going to be drawn by the presence of God to a place where God can feed them. It is. That's going to happen. You have to decide if you're going. Exodus 33.6. How? 33.16. How will anyone know you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other on the face of the earth? It's the presence of God. You could take every pastor, everybody that's mailed in license, did their license the right way, line them up, all have their nice suits and ties and Bibles, and we'll stand this way or that way or this way. They all look to sing and look and act and talk and write and amen and hallelujah. What's going to mark the difference? Those that say, <coughs> those that have the presence of God. And when it's bad, when it's nice, people don't pay attention. You know that. I don't, there's probably not one soul in here that can truly, honestly say they got saved because life was just wonderful. You got saved because you bottomed out. You bottomed out and you knew it. And you turned to Christ. That's what God's doing. He's bottoming things out. And he's telling us, get ready. You follow the presence of Almighty God. And when they go, and you remember, the leaders, who knows what's going through their minds? I know I'd probably be going, no, I can't, no, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And when they went, the water went, Phew. Never give them any indication that was going to happen. It never slowed down to a trickle. It probably kept raining. It probably kept getting bigger and wider and longer and stronger and faster and faster and trees going down and boulders moving from the... And when their foot hit it, the water... And everybody who's panicking, scared, frightened, don't know what to do, is going to go, did you see that? Because we've lost our influence. We've lost our importance. We've lost our voice. 
were almost unseen. And God says, not for long. Isaiah 60 says this, Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. That's what's going to take place. For, behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. That is what is taking place. This is what's happening now. Behold, darkness will cover the earth, gross darkness to people, but the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon you. His glory is going to come. Darkness everywhere, gross darkness. They say you can go down in the caves and you can't even see your hand. Go like this in front of your eyes, wide open, so dark. But God says they're going to see you as you take the presence of God. Live or die, God. (laughs) Now there'll be masses that say no way, no way. Even when they see, there'll be no way. But there will be those that God's going to harvest. Those that are hungry and searching and say, oh, I wish I'd have known this 20 years. They're out there. They're all over the place. God even tells you, don't you say the harvest isn't yet. Remember? He said the fields are white, the harvest already. They're so white, they're about to drop off and die. Someone has got to harvest them. I believe it. Matthew 2, 2 says this. Remember? Everything was just the way it was, and all of a sudden we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. They're going to see the glory of God. I don't know how it is. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't even know. I hate to even say. I have read about and seen and studied real live revivals, and people would just come and they're going to say, I don't know why I'm coming. I don't even know why. And the pastor, they didn't have radio and commercials. And how'd you find us? I was just drawn here. That's the power of God. That's wonders. This is the one you throw the axe in the water and it sinks and God speaks and it right floats. A floating axe. John says in 12... And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. I'll draw them. You just get ready in three days. Are you willing? Put that, remember the ark? Everybody remembers the raiders of the lost ark? You run them pulls through. Four guys. That's the, that's the covenant type of the presence of Almighty God. God says, I'll do the drawing. It's people's hearts. No one knows what's going on except God. And multitudes are going to see and they're going to be drawn. They're going to say, you know what? I, I don't know. Something just drew me here. If you don't believe that stuff, you're not serving the right God. You're serving a textbook God or something. 
a doctrinal God. It's a real God that does real miracles, that causes the ground to be holy, that you just shake into the presence of God. So, do you ever feel the Spirit of God sweep through the sanctuary of a certain song or something, or people respond and it gets stronger? And Matthew tells us again and again and again, you are the light of the world. You are. And it's been so bright with toys and fun and money and prosperity, and now the lights are going out. And all that's going to be left is the church. Oh, they're not going to like us. They're not going to want us around, that's for sure. But you are light of the world. Now listen, it says, A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, nor can it be. You aren't saved to be hid. Is God putting you on top of the hill? You are built to be seen by many eyes. And God says, you're going over and they're going to see it. And you're going to know that it wasn't you and you're going to tell them. And you're going to say, oh my gosh, let me tell you what God's done for me. And they're going to weep and cry and say, I've been looking for that. No one's ever told me. That's what God's doing. He's going to magnify himself through us. Now look, Revelations 3, 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Let Governor Newsom and all, let them say what they're doing. They have nothing. They're doing nothing. You're talking about Almighty who opens and shuts doors. I know thy works. Behold, listen, I have set before thee an open door. And no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength. Thou hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. They had an open door set before them. A door that represents an opportunity in God. Set before us. That's why the enemy's trying to get your eyes on fear and doubt and this and rob the election. No, he didn't. Your guy won. Your guy lost. Mass, no mass. Liar, truth. And all the time you're going... And you miss the open door. 2 Chronicles, or Corinthians 2.12 says, Furthermore, when I come to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, a door was opened unto me of the Lord. Hey, listen. Do you hear a door opening? 1 Corinthians 16.9. How many times have we read this one? For a great door and effectual is opened unto me. Could 2020 be our open door for the church to finally become revelant again, to finally become uh, real, finally become important to the people? Could 2020 be that? And we're missing it because we're, I might get this, and I might get that, and I might get this, and I might get... Look, look at me real good, everybody, even in whatever land that is out there. You're going to die. You're going to. 
Because listen, if you were to live forever on this earth, you'd be most miserable. I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm not at all. That's why God has said, I go to prepare a place for you. So he's telling us that so we're not driven and pushed and mastered by fear. But the enemy's a good, he's smoking mirror guy. He's good. He's very good at it. So Paul recognizes that God gave him an opportunity now in Ephesus, like us right here. That's why the Spirit of God always says, he that hath an ear to hear. Are you hearing? Like I said, no, I didn't turn it on because I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted and, listen, it does me no good. If I get in there all the time, it does me no good. I'm going. My hope is built on nothing less. Jesus Christ and. Yes, yes. They're not just catchy songs. They're real. Acts 19.8 says this. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. That's the open door. God's going to, people all around you are frightened now. This is tops on their list. Acts 1.8, God says this. He knows we don't have it. So Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Spirit of Almighty God, of might and power, who shows you Christ, God the Holy Ghost. And he shall be, and you shall be a witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaritan and the uttermost parts of the earth, which we call Zanesville. Acts 19.10 says, And this continued by the space of two years, so that all that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, both Jews and Greeks. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. As life gets scarier and darker, I believe the Lord again is going to start to move in special miracles. Because we tried to sell it like jewelry down there at the fairgrounds. Oh, God, go hail you back. He'll do this. Hey, come and see. Come and all. Want to see. Look at my tent. And God got sick of it and dried it up. Yeah. And now here we are. God said, um, got three days. Three days. You're going over. I do. As life gets scarier and darker. We're going to be in desperate need of the power of God. God, we're in desperate need of the power of God to help me pick up the presence of God and walk over that flood. God, no. You've got to do something in me. Amen. Acts 8, 4 says this. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. You know, in a few minutes, whether you go eat like I'm going to or wherever you go, we're going to be scattered abroad. We'll come back maybe if you come back tonight and have a little fun and laughter. But right now, it's in the people were scattered abroad, went everywhere preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake. 
hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. People have been ignoring the church as long as I've been born again back in 1974. Didn't take me long. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Wanted to tell everybody. And they were like, Bob, get out. But as it gets darker and scarier, what? Verse 7 says, listen, listen, what's going on? For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. Don't you think people are possessed nowadays? With what's going on? Killing their children, then killing their wives, and killing themselves, or just getting on top of some place in Las Vegas just shooting people like they're ducks on a pond. Man, we need the power of God unleashed. And God says, it's coming. I'm going to magnify a group. Now, I'm not just talking about here, New Hope. Anybody that sees it and wants it, anybody that takes the three days and gets ready, Okay, God, I'm going. I'm scared to death, but Lord, I'm going. Unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsy. Many that were lame were healed and there was great joy in the city. Hey, I'm not a Zanesville-ite, but I've been here since 84 and I've never seen great joy. Never. In fact, this year I've seen looting and rioting and shooting and killing. Hatred, black, white. Oh, it's all a distraction. It's all a distraction. It's all to keep our eyes off the great door that has been opened. It is. Christianity, we fall for it. We fall in it. I need the band to come back, but that does not mean you tune out. Listen. Listen as we keep going. Acts 13.42 says this. Listen to this. You can be a part of this. In fact, you will be a part of it if you go over. It says, And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Are we doing, again? Are we doing this again next Sunday? What was it? 2004 we went to Africa. Who went? Put your hands on. Can't, can't quite remember. Geez, Amber, I forgot you went. Margie, we went. Do you remember when it was our time to go to church? You didn't just waltz in. What'd you have to do? You swear you're at Disney, waiting in line for the big ride. It's the truth. There were, I mean, there was, there was no six inches in between people. Do you remember? They were packed like this. And people keeping them from the doors open because the church was full of the service that was winding down. Loaded. And I wept in the church because I'm thinking of America. Hey, no one in line, God. America? Hey, no one waiting. Hey, no one wanting to come see you. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. 
Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and the religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them that should continue in the grace of God. Don't let go of this! Because we do. After church, you hear, three days, three days we're going to get ready. Tomorrow night, you know, after the baby gets sick, you got to change the diaper, you forget your car keys, you don't. Four days go by and you think, what was that? What did, what did God What was that message? So it says, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious people followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Listen. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city. Oh, could I live long enough to see that? I told you a long time ago, I always thought I was too old. And Evil has come so fast, so quick. It doesn't take long. Flipped a coin. Ooh. What I've seen happening, happening so fast, God. It's conceivable that the whole city could come in January. What do I know? I'm not playing games. I'm reading it before you. It's on the screens. The next day, the next Sabbath day came almost a whole city together to hear the word of God. And if that happens, give them your seat. Say, sit here. Sit here and listen. Listen to what I heard. A great move of God. And God is looking for churches. He's looking for churches to use to magnify himself in this lost and dark America. Let's stand as you consider. You're here and you're probably here because you think you decided to go to church. Not true. I don't believe it. You're only here simply because the Spirit of God drew you. You have many reasons not to come. The world's trying to make you panic over the virus sick and cold you might have a fever you don't have a fever many reasons not to come but the spirit of God look he drew you spirit of God come on and God knew that you were going to be here to hear this and those that are listening absolutely being drawn especially when you're home there's 90 billion things you could do rather than watch us spirit of God going to drawing so could you be one? Could you be one of the willing? One, two, three. You ready, Zach? You ready to go? You ready to serve God? You going across? That's our altar call. And if I was out there, listen, I'm telling you the truth. I'd be saying, God, I'm going forward, but I'm a scaredy cat. I'm a scaredy cat, God. If you don't do something, I'll, I'll deny you. I'll run. There's no strength in flesh. Nothing. So if that's stirring and you're willing, and you remember, get your eyes off of COVID. You might be out there and say, I just lost my job. Get your eyes off it and get it on Jesus. Get it on Jesus and say, Lord, I'm willing. I I I'm willing.
That's our all recall.